I'm Tyler. Love lives today. Dennering. I'm Connery. Everybody versus Michael Myers. Hanson. And I'm Victor. It's not him. Excuse me. <laughs> Yay! And then, uh, and then I just mouth. It's not him. But like, it's you can't not really hear him. Saying it. It's not... Everything's in slow motion. Like ah! it's massive. The worst Enya video ever. music video ever. Oh my god. It's Mass Hysteria at the Haddonfield Hospital today, and hopefully not Mass Hysteria on The Franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Today, we're joined back from, it's been a while, I guess Godzilla, King of the Monsters, right? The that was the last wow. time. It, it has definitely been a while, yeah. Quite a time. Uh, Victor Guzman, uh, I didn't say your name. <laughs> thank He's you. back. Yay! Guess who's back? back Michael again. Myers is back. And back, and back, and always we back. We have Victor back for another monster throwdown with Michael Myers in one corner and everybody in Harrodsfield <laughs> on the other side. Angry townsfolk of Haddonfield. <laughs> Who's going to win? I wonder. Hmm. Definitely don't give him his mask back, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <definitely laughs> Seems to be fixing. If we... No, no, he got it back. We're... Okay. <laughs> oh, now we're screwed again. <laughs> okay. He's still it's okay. I got an I, I got an iron. I, I'll get him with the iron. Nope. I yeah, could have shouted the legend. Yeah, it'd be fun <laughs> if they just had like uh, household appliances. That would make more like not make more sense, but it'd be like even more townsfolky. Where it's like someone just has like a an ironing board and someone like else a rolling has an iron. pad, like a rolling yeah. pit, <laughs> cast iron feel, pot. The 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 board you 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 have to get it in one go. I think to make it work. And you gotta get the hell out of there because afterwards you're not gonna be able to do any more with it. So true. Yeah, I wish the mayor was like a former wrestler and like <laughs> Kyle drove Michael Myers or something. That'd be cool. But uh, we can't get too much ass. into it yet. <laughs> we have to do our usual segment of what's new. Hey, Victor, you, good job. <laughs> hey, Victor, got it too. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the movie proper, we have to t- uh, discuss any new media we have been consuming, be it movie. TV. I said movie as movie. a singular thing. Movie. <laughs> the only movie that exists. Avatar 2, The Way of Water. <laughs> it's not even um, yet. <laughs> and it's still the only movie to ever exist. <laughs> books, comic books. I think you get the gist of what media is. Connery, uh, would you like to go first? I'm guessing uh, it's something I didn't list, which is video games. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I guess uh, the first thing what's new with me is that I went to Chris and Kelly's wedding this past weekend, so congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Klein. Yay. Yeah. I saw, I saw your dance moves in, your, in Grayson's oh, video. You. Yeah, we did a little disco dance. <laughs> nice. Let's go. But yeah, it, it was really, really nice. It was a wonderful wedding. We danced the night away in the pouring rain. Beautiful, beautiful time. But That's yeah. amazing. We'll, we'll have to ask him more about it when he's back on for... Uh, Mortal, the Mortal Kombat 2 sequel or whatever. Whatever Mortal that Kombat is. Mortal Kombat again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For Mortal Kombat, because uh, if we love to do anything on this podcast, it's to shoehorn all of our <laughs> guests. Pigeonhole all our guests. But uh, yeah, that, and that was really nice. And I finished playing the video game Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, so it is finally complete. It took a long time, but I beat it. and it was, it was, It's a fun time. Long game. Buggy it... game, but a fun game. <laughs> do you ever complete that, or did you just do, like, a campaign of it? I... Like, is it different every time? It can be different every time, yeah. You can make different choices and, like, change the outcome of game. You can just... There's so many builds you can be, like... I think I learned over this last week. I was, like, a fairy man, and it was 
epic and I had all these like summoning spells, but I really, really want to go back someday and do like a demon man run because that sounds really cool. Or like be a dragon because you can literally be a dragon. I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Do you have any other fun stories like having your uh, your favorite character just <laughs> get one shot at themselves? Yeah, killed, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't want to ruin it because that's that's a spoiler to a companion quest, and I think his I liked Lan a lot, and his was the only companion quest, one of the few I actually com- saw through to the end. I also did one with the succubus lady who turned good, and <laughs> the good yes. succubus. That's uh, a lifetime that's, movie. That's definitely subverting yeah, definitely a trope is, there. Yeah, yep. but, you know she has, she has a good job. I thought her arc was kind of boring though, where like she went from being good to just being better at being good. Which I was like, okay, it's nice. And the her voice actress is very, like, timid. Like, oh, who, me? Oh, no, I'm evil. I could never. I'm like, you only have done good things the entirety I've known you. <laughs> and I'm really curious what you could uh, maybe change her into if you're the an evil person for a playthrough. Because I'm like, that'd be probably mean where you just indulge her worst impulses. And just like, yeah, be evil. No, do that one. It's fine. Good people turning bad is always fun to see, especially when exactly. it's done right. So. so, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, a game I'll definitely revisit, but for now, I just want to, on the record on the podcast, Connery, in your old age, you beat Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an app that's kind of like Letterboxd. I think it's called uh, uh, Backlogged or oh, something like that. it's like the video game version? I tried... Yeah, I tried using it, and it's, like, kind of janky uh, from what I could tell. But, hey, you could log all your stuff on there. Like, I obsessively log all of my movies. That's good. See, I'm just bad at journaling things in general. So even if it's a movie I like yeah. or, like, journals in real life, like, I, I'm really bad at them. I usually lose touch of it after, like, maybe two weeks. This is your journal, especially since you'll hear yourself <laughs> exactly, again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I like to think of, like, the yeah. franchise is my journal. Dear Diary, Tyler, what's new with you? <laughs> Hey, I was going to say, before what's new with me, here's a festive question, because it's around Halloween oh. time, to ask about spooky creatures mm-hmm. and such. How does, uh, like, how do succubi work compared to, like, are they kind of like vampires where they need blood, ideally, uh, but they can, like, survive off? It's... Like, oh, never mind, that's a weird question. Can they survive <laughs> off of animal blood? <laughs> can they survive off of bestiality? No, uh, they, like, yeah, how does it work? They survive off sex and life force, I guess? Like, supposedly, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, who knows, I'll keep, keep this in the podcast, but... Like the movie Life like, Force that it, I made you watch? Joy- yes, it is just like the movie Life Force, Tyler. <laughs> just like Life Force. Who are space yes, vampires. so it's very space vampire. Uh, there's some other lore that's a little like nastier, but I won't go into it. All I'm going to get from this conversation is space vampire. Like, ooh, how can we make that work in like a really cool like space theme like campaign or whatever for like a game? For Sorry. Have you heard of yes. the, what's, what's it called? Oh, piss. Uh, they have a space one now. Yeah, Spelljammer. Uh, Spelljammer? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. I uh, would love to play it at some point. Um, right now, currently getting ready for our monthly Ooh. campaign with a new character because my old character, the very first D&D character, oh. mate died. How? And, yeah, heart heartbreak. Uh, basically, one of our party members turned oh. on my character and unleashed a fireball of chaos oh. magic on me and my weak. Wizard ass could not handle it. Not only it. did you die, but you died through betrayal, <laughs> through PvP. It, it was they died, they died. I brought them back. We didn't know they were possessed. Oh. Too late. It, it, it was awful. Yeah, 
But, I mean, admittedly, it was my very first D&D character, and I did not build them the way that you build a wizard for D&D, so... Dungeon Masters, it uh, shouldn't matter what build your player makes it. You make it the game around them, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, I have a new character for that, so that's going good. Uh, We have another homebrew, like, cyberpunk fantasy one going through, so... That'll probably fill the Spelljammer uh, vibe at some point, because there's probably going to be oh, aliens in it at some point. Why, would Why wouldn't there be? be? <sighs> nice. I'm just looking up uh, Succubus now. Are you learning? Are you are you learning a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to because your description was too chaste for me to understand. Yeah. <laughs> it, was too ch- it, it was too tame. They slowly drain uh, their their prey's uh, souls yeah. on each Life force. That's a nice euphemism right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, not like Michael Myers, really. Oh, the picture of Incubus. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a very interesting photo. A drawing of an Incubus on the monster's show, wiki. Show <laughs> It'll like take a second for me to transfer it to the chat. And I think Victor's on his phone, oh. maybe. So, yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> he's got like these like lofty like Roman robes with no shirt and like, it's like as if his dick is like a giant elephant oh. trunk, <laughs> or no, not not a trunk, a horn. It's just like is a horn. Sounds like a hell of a toga party. <laughs> yeah, it's local pervert attends toga party. <laughs> we did not say you could unsheath your saber just yet, good sir. Not yet. Lo- local pervert Tommy Doyle. <laughs> 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 All right, well, <laughs> I guess you were already doing some little bit of what's yeah, new, Victor. Did, did you going. want to talk about anything else new new with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. As far as media, um, just finished uh, She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night hey. like, about a week or two ago. So, nice. yeah. Nice. Those were really, really good. Really, really fun. Yeah, I watched both and... of those, too. Uh, Connor, have you seen I haven't watched yet? either yet. No, I've been... What's it called? I feel like I throw myself into video games, and then I don't watch any other medium because <laughs> it helps me relax the most. Yeah. I think you'd especially like Werewolf by Night because I mean, one, it's only an hour. <laughs> Two, it's yeah. like got this really like great visual style in black mm. and white. Um, Michael Giacchino directed it, and he did the score, but he's mainly a, he's a composer until this is his first oh, interesting. But uh, simple, straight to the point Monster Hunt. It's it's fantastic. Ooh. Just. A lot of fun. Yeah. Plus, plenty of great cameos and surprises. Introductions of like new, more horror Marvel characters, which I love a lot. Like, I hope they do a little bit more. I love it a lot. With the that. Universe. Yeah. The the especially the character that shows up, Connor. I think you should watch it and be like, oh, and then text okay. me because you'll be like, oh, now I know why you like okay, it so cool. much. Okay, that's cool. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Is it Man Thing? You'll have to Ooh. wait and see. Find out. You're gonna have to wait and see, man. Carve out an hour of your uh, Yu-Gi-Oh video game <laughs> life. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not mocking you. I just know you've been playing it. I've been it. playing it a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I just remember Lily's um, face in the future recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the next movie already. She just gave this like very slow, like, no. <laughs> Um, Victor, what did you think about? I know you said you liked uh, She-Hulk, but how would you like com- rank that in? Like, how would you compare that with the other MCU shows? Is it like up up in the top for you, or? Uh, well, I think the thing is, is like with the MCU shows, like I feel like they all kind of feel like different kind of like niche and kind of like uh, flavor palettes. I think, and that's one of the things that I enjoy about it right now. Like, it's like 
they're kind of mixing up genres and tones and styles a little bit more with them, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, for me personally, um, Hawkeye is probably my favorite one out of all of them. I also really like Loki, but She-Hulk was so much fun, and it's a very nice, refreshing series. I just... It's nice when characters don't have to take themselves or the world that they're in too seriously. Yeah. And one of the great things about that was I got into the She-Hulk comics around the same time that I also got into Daredevil, that I also got into Silver Surfer, <laughs> that I also got into Doctor Strange. Nice. So with all of that, it, it's a nice palate cleanser, like, and kind of just, like, just to have a fun time. And I think this show definitely captures the tone and wittiness of, like, the, uh, at least the 90s run of, like, She-Hulk very well. Like, probably the best realized adaptation of, like, a comic book kind of, like, style and tone, I think, oh, cool. out of all the MCU adaptions so far. Good. So. Yeah, it just has, like, it's just legitimately funny, too. Like, there's, like, the stereotypical idea of, like, Marvel jokes and humor in, like, the movies, especially, like, before I feel like around, like, Civil War and stuff. That's when it kind of peaked when everyone's like, oh, here's what a Marvel joke <laughs> is. It's just kind of like them, like, being quippy. But this one's just legitimately, like, just everyone is... Which sometimes that can be funny too, for sure. But like this, just overall feels like a comedy, and like the cast is really good at being funny. <laughs> so. Everyone's in on the joke, and it's great. Yeah, I think I feel like I've been talking about She Hulk on this show for like a month yeah, now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm always happy to it talk has about it. Almost as long as long as run as as that. It almost has as long a run as Elden Ring did on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right, remember that time when we did Sonic and. Uh, was that Josie? Was, I'm trying Josie. to remember if it was actually it Josie. Was, you know, it Serrano was real or life not. Josie. <laughs> they came on that day as themselves. <laughs> yes. Um, just <laughs> teased you with Elden Ring and then didn't talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, they dumped me. I got so excited they knew it and they changed it. The ultimate juke. Um, yeah. Uh, Silver Surfer, speaking of him, they're going to do a TV special of him as well, like like an hour long werewolf by night I'm kind of thing super excited for that yeah because yeah. i think silver Sur surfer is really cool ever since you it's kind of i guess since you gave me that uh silver surfer black mm -hmm. connery that's been really interesting and i don't know just reading about him because i always just thought he was kind of like very 70s and then kind of yeah. dorky but it's like oh no like i don't know he's just really cool and cosmic did you read it <laughs> and you probably surfboard. read silver surfer black right victor I haven't read Silver Surfer Black yet, but I did finish uh, Immortal Hulk Ooh. from the last time you recommended it Fuck to me. Yeah. Oh my god, it is so They're good. Incredible. Uh, fantastic, just the whole <laughs> way through. Nice. Oh my god. Yeah, really. It was like one of those things I was so sad when it ended. Like, Donnie Cates and Ryan Otley are great taking over, but I'm like, oh, that was such a legendary run of something. Just anything. I was like, that was an all-time great. Yeah. So it, the whole run is the whole run's Yeah, the whole run's now. over now. Yeah. I, it, it was a nice okay, read through, like just to go through the whole thing, and like it just, you know, I think because of that, I ended up also going back and kind of like just like revisiting like the few whole comics that I read and kind of just like going through that as well too. So nice. that's probably one of the better things about it as well too. It's like when you get that one title that's really good, and just it incentivizes you to just go back and read everything else. Like it's great. Totally. Yeah. Or even like stick around Definitely for what's coming next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have uh, Marvel Unlimited, I think it's called? Is that how you do it? Or do you get um, like the graphic novels and stuff? Uh, I actually use Canopy. Oh, oh nice. Through the library. Yeah, exactly. Support your libraries, people. There you go. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does that work, actually? Because I don't know much about Canopy. So, you, are they digital comics? or you get to? They are digital comics. And basically, as long as you have like 
uh, whatever like library card supports or has that like um if you have an LA public uh library card you can get canopy with it as long as you give them the uh, library card number and it's great that's pretty slick yeah that's great mm-hmm Nice. And then, uh, with, yeah, whichever ones there weren't there, I also kind of, like, either bought volumes or I kind of, like, borrowed volumes. Like, I was able to get through it pretty pretty well. So. Sweet. Yeah, I should definitely take advantage of that when I uh, have more time off. But, hey, this is an advertisement for yeah. Canopy, right? <laughs> Somebody please what? sponsor us. <laughs> LA Public Library, sponsor our podcast. Yeah, I think we are the very... That would be dope. Totally... Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> See, I don't know the more ironic thing if the movie franchise podcast was sponsored by the library <laughs> yeah or the library fulfills like a whole whole thing now i feel like you know you could probably like do a lot like i mean they have like ebooks yeah they, they got movies in do, there do like there there are podcasts i think that they also have as well too that they kind of like shared through like the library as well so that's pretty cool like all kinds of stuff now if you think about it libraries are one of the last video stores that's i mean yeah, I hope that books last longer than TV. Thanks for thanks for giving that to me, Tyler. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of a sad thought. <sighs> What's the last uh, thing you you got from a from a library, Connery? Was it the Page Master? <laughs> yeah, I did the supreme irony and rented Page Master at the library and then went home. <laughs> Instead of reading yes, a book, reading. <laughs> I think the last thing I rented at a library was. Uh, for I don't go to the library at all. I'm probably gonna be a bastard for this, Victor. I'm sorry, but the only uh, <laughs> last time I remember going to the library was in sixth grade for my big sixth grade project, and I had to write a whole like I don't know. I think it literally was like a 20 page paper presentation on on the page on master. Page master. <laughs> no, on Sir Francis Drake. So I checked out a lot of books of about him for my. Uh, that's why I always talk about him on the show sometimes, especially during parts of the Caribbean. <laughs> Uncharted also wasn't around at that point in time, so like you didn't have like yeah. another alternative <laughs> I, exactly. source to go for, for that information. I, I couldn't so. just follow Nathan, I couldn't follow Nathan Drake around for twelve <laughs> hours. I had to do it all myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, I always tell myself that uh, I should read more, and I usually fail. What was, what was the last thing you checked out of the library, Tyler? Uh, don't remember. <laughs> but hey, support your local library. <laughs> Amazing advertising. <laughs> We're sponsored by the local by by the LA <laughs> LA Unified Library. That's not what it's called here. <laughs> Come on in. I'm definitely getting sponsored. Um, hey, what's new with me? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about Werewolf by Night, but hey, that's already been discussed. So I'll circle back to Space Vampires. I watched a movie called Planet of the Vampires. Um, I got home late one night from work. I think it was yeah the last night of work that week so i'm like i kind of just want to stay up mm -hmm. a little bit and like just put on some old movie and i'm like this is looks like an old like b movie it was on i usually prime video is my source mm -hmm. for that it's just finding old like sci-fi movies that are variable yeah. qualities but this actually turned out to be like really good it's a uh, it's like an italian american co-production it's uh mario bava directed it who's, interesting yeah he's known for like italian horror um I guess Giallo. I don't know enough about him as opposed to like Dario Argento, but he, yeah, he's done a lot of like Italian horror movies, and this is kind of like a, this is basically a, a horror movie in in space. I mean, it's 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 called Planet of the Vampires, <laughs> but um, I was reading more about it while watching it. And it's basically um, 
it went on to influence Alien, like Ridley Scott's Alien, like his oh. whole visual approach to that movie, um, as well as Prometheus, some aspects of it. But <clears throat> basically, these astronauts from Earth, uh, two different ships land on this planet because they hear a distress signal, so they go to check it out. And when they land, like people pass out, and then they like people start attacking each other and everything. So they're like, don't know what's going on. Like, is this some madness? Are they being possessed? Um, and just basically more and more people are dying and they're investigating different spaceships. It's very atmospheric. There is quite a bit of, you know, um, alienness, just kind of like jump scares and stuff, but it's mostly atmospheric and just seeing like the spaceship laid out and stuff. Like there's one part that's very alien with the uh, space jockey when they first land on that planet, um, in the first alien. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in, old sci-fi old horror sci-fi which i think is a very specific like pretty more specific subgenre that i'm interested in in a lot um and just the history of alien i definitely check uh recommend checking that out uh planet of the vampires on prime video nice thank you for the recommendation plus it's only like 90 minutes long or something like that so hey that always helps yeah (laughs) that is good that's sweet spot you know what else is uh almost 90 minutes long (laughs) is it (laughs) Almost. Uh, Michael Myers' knife. (laughs) (laughs) His knife is 12 parsecs. (laughs) Let's use any sort of measurement of time that doesn't make sense for the describing the length. Uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, wow. Yeah. My best transition yet. To the point where Connor just went, oh, wow. (laughs) Is that how it sounded like? (laughs) Oh, wow. Um... (laughs) Here we are. Halloween is killing tonight. Halloween came, it killed, it ended. Right now it killed. Uh, Connery, we, I guess we already talked about your history with, with Halloween last yeah. episode. But Victor, what's yours with like the overall franchise? So Halloween was actually one of the very first films I actually got to sit down and watch with my dad when I was a kid. Which, wow. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if that's exactly something you probably should do with your kid. But... <laughs> The obsession stuck nonetheless. So Halloween is actually a franchise that I kind of like grew up with pretty well. Um, and it's just, uh, especially like um, even now, like still whenever like we're feeling it, we have time. Like we always try to make a habit of watching the OG Halloween film at least like together, like on Halloween night, you know, especially like when they get dead and trick-or-treaters aren't around anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, and John Carpenter, of course, is cinema god to me. So like he could, you know, compose the soundtrack of my life if you ever wanted to so that'd be totally great uh so yeah oh yeah you must be excited for uh that new presentation thing he's doing with the godzilla movies Did you hear yeah that uh shout what was it the shout factory like uh they're doing like um online just like marathon of just godzilla films with that he's hosting and he's going to be talking about um trying to make sure i don't have anything else planned for my birthday it does fall on a thursday so <laughs> Gonna miss a couple of it, a, a bit of it, but I will hop in on that later on. So yeah, nice. But anyway, yeah, Halloween. So um, yeah, and you know, with Halloween, obviously, kind of like went through all the other sequels as well too. So Halloween two, Halloween three, the one without Michael Myers, four, five, and six, H two on Resurrections, Myers. the yeah. Rob Zombie ones, and here, and I feel like. The interesting thing about Halloween is it's one of those kind of like choose your own adventure style kind of like scenarios, depending <laughs> on how you kind of like want to follow the franchise. 
which is yeah. great. Tyler so if me. you like the idea, <laughs> Tyler yeah. sent me this like documentary with like the different storylines of Halloween. <laughs> This yeah, huge flow chart where it's like Halloween goes to Halloween 2018, Halloween to Halloween 2 goes to H20, and then there's the Rob Zombie ones, which are separate, and then also it was like <laughs> the was whole thing. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of the way it works, and it's it's cool. Like, you know, like, uh, I, I think the, the thing that I liked about Halloween and then this one is, you know, especially, like, when you take a look at, like, the other sequels, like, uh, it really does, I think, capture, like, the atmosphere of, like, the very first OG John Carpenter film I think the most and I think it also capitalizes on a very specific idea or kind of like through line on in regards to like a very specific themes and topics uh that kind of get lost in the translation with some of the other sequels um yeah uh so I'm gonna go off the bat and kind of just like say right now Halloween Kills I actually really do like but it did take a little bit of me having to revisit a couple of times kind of like understand and get more of an appreciation for it because if you only see it the one time your all of its sores are going to be worn very very well like you're not going to look past the giant boil kind of like forming on the face <laughs> there a little bit but you know you kind of like carve through it a little bit and you kind of like see some other things that i think it really is a very strong sequel to well the halloween one back in 20 what was it 16 18. 17 yeah 2018 god time sucks uh but also yeah, like it the past three years yeah definitely but it also is a very nice follow-through uh with the very first film because it introduces a very specific concept uh with halloween that it, um about the nature of like specifically evil mm -hmm. and what that does to well the person that occupies or like personifies that but also kind of like the fallout of especially in these sequels like the trauma and what that impact that creates on survivors both individual as well as communities and i think that was something that i actually kind of like thought was pretty cool with halloween kills was you really get to see just how much of like something as awful as what happened in 78 in haddonfield has an impact on an entire small town and what that drives them to do so yeah and i remember a lot of people don't like didn't like this when it came out and i know a lot of people still don't like this one mm -hmm. very much halloween kills but uh because i guess it's like there's the expectation of laurie being in a lot more and even when she has scenes in this i'm like oh like this is kind of like i almost would rather her not be in it at all because she kind of just doesn't yeah. do much mm -hmm. um but that's okay with me because it explores different parts of the halloween slash haddonfield like i guess universe but that's talking about it too too, too grandly it's just it ultimately it is just about like a small town in the midwest mm -hmm. and it's how everybody else is dealing with the trauma like you said from something from 40 years ago they're just like no one's over it yet and when they find out that he's back it's just like i don't know there's a, there's like an opportunity to destroy this thing that traumatized them but then also like are they just it's the same thing with Lori in the, in Halloween 2018, where it's like she's actively looking for him. It's like them actively looking for him. Is that really going to help at all? Because just everyone just ends up getting killed. But I mean, I guess he goes around and kills people anyway. So there's <laughs> yeah. there's a good reason why they're hunting him. But I I will say also Halloween Kills is probably one of those films where like I legitimately just like dear God I forget how fucking terrifying Michael can actually be when he goes fucking ham on people. <laughs> 
Like, it is yeah. the best way to kind of, like, kind of just, like, present him in the movie. It was just, like, getting out of the fire, and then he immediately goes Borderlands 2 Krieg style <laughs> on all these poor firemen that are just there, like, oh, I got a fire hose. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, I like it's... this one better than Halloween 2018. Yeah, yeah me too. Hmm. I'm glad we're all um, on the same page. Yeah, so I feel like all three of us, like, like this movie quite yeah. a bit, and it's like, oh, maybe it would be good. Sometimes to have somebody have a contrarian opinion, but I do, I do really think this movie's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, really, I was like, <laughs> like I like this be- better than Halloween 2018, certainly. <laughs> well, again... Just I, the kills... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think what it is, it's like, you know, like, because, again, this was something I kind of, like, I re- admittedly did kind of have to warm up to a bit because I had very mixed feelings about it from the beginning mm-hmm. when I first yeah, saw it. Yeah, I mean, it. how'd you feel... How'd you feel about it originally? Like, what were your... Uh, like, what, what did you dislike about it? I mean, a part of it was, like, I originally kind of like watching it like i like kind of like you said you know like uh just the fact that Lori's there but she's not really there mm, right. and then just the fact that like it turns into like this like manhunt and then you know one of the things that made like halloween really cool like the very first one was like it was a lot of theater of the mind in terms of, like just like the amount of like violence and stuff like that that's not the case here it was like david gordon green kind of like looked at rob yeah. zombies like all right man let me show you how to do it and just kind of fucking <laughs> It, it got fucking nasty oh my god i wasn't expecting that in the halloween movie yeah um, there's a couple of kills where i'm like that's really nasty i hate that <laughs> yeah because in the first movie he kills five people i mm-hmm. think which is you know a lot of people but in this one it, I, I i should look up an exact count i should have done this before but it feels like it's like 18 20 really people yeah at killed. least 20 people like he covers the rest it of got... his like kill count from the other movies up in that like single night <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, but I think I think initially when I saw that I wasn't really expecting that degree of just like in front of you kind of like gore and stuff like that yeah. because that wasn't something that Leo really used to like outside of like the Rob Zombie ones. But then you kind of expect that with like a Rob Zombie movie to be very like gratuitous and kind of like just very stylized in that yeah. regard. But this, um, especially coming out of like the 2018 one, where like. It was very technically well done, but still very kind of, like, subdued and stuff like that. Completely different, like, uh, approach for this one. And I actually liked it. Um, The more and more I kind of watched a little bit more, because it added to a little bit more stuff that I started to reassess and started to pick up on a little bit more with the second, third time I viewed the movie, so. Yeah, just to take a moment to talk about all the (laughs) violence in this movie, it's kind of like, um, like, just outside of the franchise of halloween this is definitely like a movie i can go back to if i just want to see like a really gory um just just like i don't know this is like the most violent slasher i've seen uh i think i'm trying to think of other other movies that are this this violent again i mean i haven't seen a huge amount of slashers nothing like our last guest uh brendan klein who was covering like all of them from the 80s or something like that so i'm sure there's something way more violent than this but it's just so I have a report, like, two different uh, websites. Screen Rant says he killed 34 people <laughs> in this movie. Whoa. Good to see it. Um, this other website, Fandom Wire, which I don't really know. So I, I would say Screen Rant's probably more yeah. reputable, but this is 27 people. Huh. So around that so, range, yeah, that, yeah, that feels right. But he's just so mythic in this movie, and just the way, like, I don't know, when's the last time you saw, like anybody fighting a bunch of firefighters yeah. like in an almost like a more violent john wick type fight or i've never seen you know? john like, wick fight firefighters <laughs> well i'm just saying like 
just the way it goes down, it's like him against a bunch of people with really? weapons, but he just annihilates them mm-hmm. all, you know? like It's like terrifying badass. It's like John Wick's in a horror movie at that point, I guess. He's the John Wick of serial killers. Yeah, he's the John Wick of serial killers. That's exactly what it is. Weird thing to say. And considering his age, that's no easy feat. So you know, props to that. You know, uh, evil really does wonders for just uh, maintaining your reality and kind of like your nimbleness. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I mean, it makes it feel like he's at the height of his powers Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. because he's just completely embodied evil. It's like he's this is like the. the very peak of his career in a way of being yeah. Lori even says like he's ascending or something right she's like he's ascending into something else and i mean in that regard like that's one of the things i really did appreciate about like this sequel in particular because it caught on something that was very established from the very first halloween film which is the fact that um the michael myers is not the person that's doing these killings it's the shape it's whatever the hell got into Michael, whatever hell has compelled him, if it was an evil that was within him, if it was an evil that came to him or whatever, like, that is what's doing all of this right now. Michael is sort of, like, just, like, a vessel for it, and this is, like, him kind of becoming more and more powerful. And I think one of the things that I loved about this film is that it expands on kind of, like, that loose mythology that, like, Carpenter kind of established, Without getting into, like, this giant, crazy, like, convoluted sort of, like, you know, cult sort of thing that, Druid like, magic? 4, 5, and 6 ended up going to. Yeah, those ones. Con- it- Connery loves to bring up the Druid magic. I can't wait till we cover those, because it- especially the sixth one is fun. But The it's sixth like, one is, is so incredibly 90s, and dear God, yeah. I... It, it, Paul Rudd does age, because he looks like such a baby in that movie compared to how he does everywhere else, but I also don't yeah. think it, it doesn't help that, like, the computer graphics that movie are just so (laughs) oh i didn't even remember but yeah i'm sure yeah same thing yeah just all of them from around that time yeah but um yeah but i think the 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 good thing about this was like it does sort of like instead of trying to like kind of like find or pinpoint a reason they're coming to the conclusion themselves or they're creating this you know truth to themselves and there's very little room to really kind of like deny that because he literally it does seem like he does get stronger more and more unkillable the more he kills. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah. He's like a god of death or yeah. something. He just, like, or, or blood. He just is harvesting, like, people in a way, like, for his own. Yeah, it just seems like he keeps getting stronger and stronger no matter what happens. He can just, like, recover, like, Wolverine yeah. Lori says the more he kills, the stronger he gets. What he spend that whole night doing? Killing. Yeah. Yeah, he gets shot, like, four times he definitely gets his back broken he gets pitchforked in the back <laughs> people really need to stomp on his head more and stuff yeah though. we just like <laughs> turned his head to jelly instead of politely just leaving him alone when we kind of feel like he's de- maybe it's dead. like what did thanos teach everyone it's like you go for the head you always go for the head michael myers watched <laughs> yeah. the end game but he he didn't learn any of the lessons <laughs> he's the only movie michael myers the is the end game had at the at the infirmary or whatever was uh, Endgame. Michael Myers loved Endgame. <laughs> if he could express, if he could express emotion, there was there was happiness. I think I saw the mask curl up a little bit when Steve got the hammer. He really liked when Steve got the hammer. <laughs> 
I knew it. Oh, when Iron when Iron Man snaps the the gauntlet and he says, "I am Iron Man." Michael Myers was smiling. I saw him. He didn't want me to, but I saw him. There's there's a slight trickle of tear. There's a slight tear that just kind of like pours out the side of the mask yeah. a little bit. It's like I saw you. It's okay, Mike. Yeah, there's something very like uh, I guess. It is the point of this trilogy, I do think, but it maybe whether it's not like conveyed super well, or maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But it does very much feel, and it's also like my own personal interest in this specific, uh, sorry, in this specific subject of basically just like, hey, if all of these townsfolk weren't looking for revenge, then a lot of less people would have died tonight. True. But also the fact that like a bunch of people, like you know, Michael's going around. Or the shape or the boogeyman's going around just killing people in their homes too um like that's kind of unpreventable but what if they had some sort of system to just escape if he ever came back <laughs> like, or something or like everyone whole... has hatches in their homes that they hide under or something no it's just like if they had like uh like if nobody was in the town michael kind of wouldn't have anything to do <laughs> so we just have like a town-wide <laughs> vacation day like michael myers is here he's coming on this they're gonna day. Do... everybody get out of town <laughs> Well, he's kind of like a natural disaster. A little bit. Like, except more horrifying. They have an entire ways. year to do like a Blazing Saddles st- sort of like thing where like they just create an entire fake town for Michael Myers to go to and just like, yeah. wait, this is a, this is not a person. I really like the idea that or, this, uh, it's like mass exodus of the town. Everyone just, not out of fear, but now it's like five years down the line. And they're all used to it. And they're all like, yeah, Michael's going to yeah. walk around the empty town, leave on the November 1st. It's so annoying. We have to do this every year. <laughs> but that They send him, they send him to the crystal skull, uh, nuclear town. And then just, Michael gets in a, in a, in a fridge and just goes, yeah, blasting so we can't them. get him. <laughs> we tried so many things. Um, no, I, I just mean like if all the people didn't have, like they kind of like, that's a point of this movie too, is that he, envelops them in fear and he has this kind of like psycho uh psychic like not literally like psychic ability like he's like you know being like wow 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 (laughs) putting his fingers to his head but his actions are just making people like are making the fear and the evil spread in all of the people they're just making things worse like when they go after the um the other escape patient from the uh Penguin. He, has, he has the umbrella and he kind of looks like the penguin oh yeah. right yeah he has the umbrella um yeah and they're just like breaking the windows and everything to the point where the guy gets so scared he just jumps out because he's like i guess i am it's a, a bad really guy or scary, something sad like, scene or he's just yeah, afraid yeah. yeah i was i remember that one of the that he was in the in, he was in the asylum and then the guy said watch out for the guy with the umbrella he looks harmless but he's dangerous yeah, and then he. He's I guess he's though, not. Yeah, I I, that's what I was scared, and I was like, "Oh no, I guess this is this is a metaphor for something else." Yeah, we're just lack of continuity. Yeah, just lack of continuity. <laughs> but no, really, it's just like I mean, I guess that's. I should read some more. Like, I should read essays on slashers and stuff, and like breaking <laughs> that t- down because there's it's all it's all about. Why do you think you need like, like a PhD to talk about horror? <laughs> I don't know, because it, it is like this really. It's like all the psychological and everything. It's like, oh, especially slashers, it's physical violence. So, like, you need a physical, like, you need the people around to have any sort of action yeah. going on. Well, I, you know, I think, I'm probably just uh, going on a tangent now, but. No, I think the, the good thing about horror films uh, in particular is that they're very good at, like, kind of, like, ways to kind of, like, interweave uh, subtext, like, about, like, 
sociology, psychology, like, a lot of, like, random stuff you can kind of, like, put in, like, in the film and kind of just, like, layer it within. And I think with Halloween Kills, one of the things that was great about it was the way that it kind of, like, weaved in, like, this, like, idea of, like, paranoia and just, like, the grief and stuff. Like, it, it carried over Lori's grief and how she was processing it, but now we also get to see how, like, this entire old generation kind of goes through that. And, uh... It was very Monsters of Maple Street, kind of, like, the way that they kind of, like, yes. ended up going through it and, like, how it sort of just, by the end of it, you know, like, the people are the evil. Like, the evil kind of, like, came out of them because they drove this one innocent man to his death. And I think that's probably one of the most interesting and profound things to come out of, like, the franchise because you don't get to see how much of an impact Michael's actions kind of, like, do to that point. Like, what it does to a large community, to people that, like, have no real place or, like, ha weren't even really involved, and this is what happens to them, mm -hmm. so. I'm really glad you said Monsters of Mayberry Street because that's the Twilight Zone episode I was thinking of the entire time I was watching it, but I could not place the name. Well, especially with, like, Halloween and Halloween Kills, Monsters or Duel Maple Street was definitely Halloween Kills, but I think the through line between especially Laurie and Michael I keep thinking of Night of the Hunter, like, especially, like, the last scene uh, where it's the Revan and the old lady and kind of just, like, that standoff to have with each other. And the thing that I love about that film and this film in particular is Halloween is obviously the personification of, like, this evil that is either inherent within Haddonfield, within people, within himself, and yet it hones in on Laurie. It's never explained why. We're not entirely sure exactly what it is that fixates on it, and that's part of the intrigue, because it seems to be, like, this sort of, like, gravitational sort of, like, pull where they have, like, where they kind of, like, kind of, like, are at odds with each other. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's kind of great that that's there, because it represents, uh, well, with the very first Halloween film, like, uh, John Carpenter said the specific reason why he casted Jamie Lee Curtis for Laurie was because... He wanted people to connect with her innocence, sort of like this portrayal of like her as just like this girl. Like she has friends that are kind of like they do their own thing, but she does her own thing. She's just this person that is completely devoid of any real like conflict or anything like that. And then this evil just gets brought to her and then she survives it, learns to retaliate it and then ends up having to try to, like, live through that basically for it. And I think that's the thing that goes through this movie, Halloween, the first one, and to an extent, the more recent Halloween Ends one, which I'm sure is going to be an even broader conversation for whoever you guys that one. But, yeah, uh, I think at least as far as, like, Gloria and Michael goes, uh, that line, that, you know, kind of, like, dichotomy of just, like, this evil presence and this force of good and will that kind of like rebels against it like it's presented very well between them and it's one of the things that makes these films so interesting to me so yeah that's extremely well said yeah <laughs> very good um yeah now i need to watch night of the hunter because i still haven't but uh it's really good example but um yeah because i always wonder it's like because especially that but that crystallizes kind of why laurie is in these movies as well because she thinks that 
Michael has something to do with her and her specifically, but it's kind of just her projecting onto the shape in a way to be like her own self-importance, uh, whether she intends to mean it that way or not. But because like Sheriff Hackett's like, oh, no, it didn't have anything to do with you. Like the doctor's the one that brought him to town or whatever um, or was was brought him to the house. So it doesn't even have to do with you, Lori, like because this is like this movie, this this trilogy too is like I guess metatextual to the rest of the Halloween movies that aren't canon in this <laughs> series because at a certain point it's revealed in one of the series or whatever that that Laurie is uh Michael's brother or Michael's sister. Yeah, the Halloween so they two are and like, then kind of four, five, and six goes through that with like Laurie's daughter. Right. Yeah. Um, so it becomes a lot more familial, but it just works a lot better, I think, if they are kind of two different, like, opposing forces that way, where she is just, like, this teen girl in the first one versus, like, this ultimate, like, this faceless evil. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense on, on those, like, base elemental levels, and then now they're, like, which kind of makes the first Halloween make less sense, too. I mean, the 2018 mm-hmm. one, I mean, make less sense because she's just, like, very, like, I'm going to go after him and stuff. And she's, like, not very, just, like, a benevolent force. She just wants to destroy it with force. And they talk about that in this movie, too. It's, like, you can't destroy evil with, like, more violence. or I forget the exact line, but mm-hmm. that's what she and Hackett are talking about. Um, yeah, you can't defeat it with brute force, and then all the citizens are just together, like, trying to hit him with bats and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, no, he just becomes more powerful, even though he shot yeah. a bunch. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This feels like, like, the most supernatural, maybe, of the... Uh, the three, at least, yeah. Of the three, at least. I guess, you know, there's all the stuff with Sawain and, and everything, <laughs> and the druid magic, but... <laughs> so that's um, the thing I'm really just so excited for. That's what makes Michael Myers to me, that he's powered by druid magic. Yeah. It's 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 a ride. It is a wild wild ride for sure. <laughs> but just I don't yeah, it's just more it just becomes at a certain point more and more townspeople just going in to stop him including uh um not Tommy Doyle, but what's the uh what's the that one guy who <laughs> ends up getting shoved into like the ceiling into the into the uh, attic. Uh, Lonnie, uh, he's one of the original characters. Yeah, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah and his son. Like that's just, especially when it it tilts up to like reveal both of their bodies. Yeah. When uh, Judy Greer goes back Ooh. in there, um, I don't. Yeah, it's at a certain point where it's like I don't know why people keep thinking they can take him on. <laughs> so it becomes a little dubious, but um, I still think all the kills are really effective and everything. they're all really scary. Like when he either either when he, he's like mowing through a whole group or just like the one on one more intimate ones, which are always upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah uh yeah something something that really stands out to me is um the couple near the beginning um, oh yeah the elderly where, couple yeah yeah and it's like you know it always <laughs> extra sucks when it's like older people i guess in general it's like oh you don't want to see them get hurt and stuff and then he uh the husband is just like stabbed on the ground and then she gets a freaking like fluorescent bulb in her neck and just thinking about yeah. that and all the fiberglass and everything i'm like that is horrifying like that is just so i, I feel like that's that. something else that that makes michael even more terrifying in this film it's because he's goes after everyone he kills firemen he kills old people he kills kids like no one is safe and that's part of what makes it that much more terrifying it's like there's no way to reason with it it's like if he locks onto you 
fucking run because yeah. you're not you don't have much time it's it's pretty terrifying yeah, like in, in the regard. yeah mm-hmm. when they have the the season of the witch masks <laughs> yeah um connery that's a, yeah that's a reference okay, to there that. you go, the, good. the pumpkin the witch and the, the, and the skeleton Halloween, skull. Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> and he he just has the mask in his hand of the kid it's just like he definitely just killed like, that 100%. kid yeah. it's like really uh really bleak but it's kind of yeah it's like breaking like whatever like there's not like certain set taboos i think in horror but it definitely goes a lot farther than than i would say most movies that get seen by so many people Mm -hmm. because these movies did really well too but um i had another point about i don't remember now Connery, what what is it about this movie? Like, what is it about for you that you like this movie? I I would say Victor touched on it when he was talking about all all that, but I was uh, I was drawn to it because it felt like a Twilight Zone episode. Honestly, like it had a very obvious moral agenda, and sometimes I like movies that kind of wear the theme on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. I just like this is what the movie's about. Like, paranoia can turn us into monsters, and we project our fears onto others, and then we don't end up, you know. I guess mob justice is bad in a sense, but, but yeah, um, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy that aspect of it. I, the one-on-one kills are terrifying still, but I remember I really do still enjoy like the Michael versus like a big group of people now, like again, him fight him fighting the mob of like townspeople. And when he just eventually just starts ripping them to shreds or the firefighter fight actually really, really like, when he comes back after getting shot and just like, uh, what's his name? Not Hackett, but the original sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, like slices him and then s- cuts somebody's Achilles yeah. tendon. <laughs> just all the close-ups mm-hmm. of all that happening. It's it's it, a lot. It's uh, super intense, but I liked it. But yeah, it's truly it's such a cool scene. And like, and Judy Greer's there a lot, which I liked. I liked that she was in the spotlight a little more, and that you know she got to face. I guess Michael one last time lose, but you know, still. Yeah. I mean, all the townsfolk and stuff like nobody is like whoever tries to be badass just isn't really. Cause they are just normal people yeah. like uh, the doctor husband guy mm-hmm. or whatever, or he's dressed as a doctor for Halloween. She's like, uh, yeah, you can't have this gun. You've never used a gun before. <laughs> <laughs> he just like kind of stays. Yeah, he, he's, um, he's the nurse and she's the doctor, but they swap for the costumes. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's the, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh like, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that was what it was, huh? The, the the nurse, Michael's like original nurse or whatever, who has the the revolver in the car. Like that whole sequence in the car too, where it's like Jurassic Park or something almost, <laughs> where there's like a dinosaur on top of the car, but it's it's even scarier because it's Michael just on top, just like throwing a head on them and and uh just trying to stab them and everything. And she's just like, this one's for Doctor Loomis, and then she's just like. Ah, yeah, it's really scared because all the bullets are gone in the in the because she used too many. I'm like, yeah, this kind of this would definitely this is more likely to happen with normal people. Like they're not there's no like special forces or anything fighting Michael sure. Myers, which would be really weird. And again, it's like it's like I feel like any other circumstance, you know, like if they're dealing with a person, person, you know, that would definitely like work. But the problem is that's not what Michael is like. And Lori and you know the deputy they come to that realization while they're both like you know just licking their wounds from like the last movie because what else can they fucking do besides ponder the fact that like they're not dealing with a person anymore you know 
they're dealing with an idea. Yeah, and just trying to like rash, <laughs> ra- yeah, rationalize that. I guess, yeah, just the idea of evil. But then they also get obsessed with that. They're like, oh, that's all he is. He's evil. And then they that ends up getting somebody else yeah. killed too. Which ends up, I can't. Rem- I was gonna huh? say it's just more power to him. You know, I'm like now we're fighting evil. It's like it's like well now you're just giving him more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember which movie it is. It's like five or six or something where there are a bunch of like kind of like take law take justice into their own hands townsfolk uh and to to kill michael but they accidentally kill like one of their friends instead i think it was Um, five yeah yeah revenge of michael myers so it's like this idea isn't totally like without exist like existence in the franchise already but they he just really like unfolds it and like explores it more Mm -hmm. but um yeah, I don't know. Judy Greer I like a lot in this movie, but I like Judy Greer in every movie. But I just especially like that she's wearing a Christmas sweater, and it's just like she's just the one that's like very much like not into Halloween at all. And I feel like is she just wearing a Christmas sweater because that's her Halloween outfit in a way? Or I like the you know, I like the like, thought that she skips Halloween completely and just goes straight into Christmas. <laughs> yeah, like she's the person who's already buying the Christmas stuff at yeah, like and, and at she Target has her and de- Christmas decorations up November first, like on the dot. Well, you know Michael can have that. You know, you can't skip the cardinal day, so that's why. <laughs> yep, that's why he got her. That's, that's what he said to her. Michael McDonald's in this movie MT- of MTV, Mad, not MTV, Mad TV fame. He sure, <laughs> he sure is. is. <laughs> yeah, it's a little uh, random. But it really is. I don't know. David Gordon Green works with a lot of comedians and stuff, but. Um, the whole like Big John Little John thing, I'm kind of—it's a little. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if "rote" is the right word, but it's just like okay. Like I don't know if this is supposed to be like a little goofy. I guess I, it is for sure. It but are supposed to be goofy. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like okay, sure. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't didn't really work for me in any specific way. I mean, I, I think the idea was like they're sort of like uh, trying to make. Sorry, I got a call. Um, no, oh, that's okay. Yeah, no, sorry about that. Uh, I think what they were trying to do was um, they wanted to make them endearing and stuff like that, and kind of like, but also like, kind of like cheeky in the comic relief, which kind of throws the tone off a little bit. Uh, I also do like the fact that they were kind of like put in there because, again, just li- lending more to the fact that literally no one is safe from Michael's wrath because he yeah. just the moment like he saves them in his home, like okay, and then. Stabby, stabby. <laughs> so much stab. Also, don't buy his house. Don't do it. So why? Why, why would? It, why do people do that in general? Like, why are you gonna buy like a house? Like, that's you're just even if you're not like the like the the you know superstitious type, or whatever. It's like you're just attracting bad news, just bad things in general with that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm a little surprised they didn't demolish the house, but it's also like, well, that's. Some, it has to do with the movie too like you know you can't can't look at movies as literal real life and say like hey pr- maybe realistically they would take down the house but it has symbolic it has a lot of symbolic meaning in this movie in this movie uh, particularly because he likes to look out his window or his sister's window or does he is he looking at himself? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> da 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 that that is one thing that I do like about like um Halloween Kills like 
that it does is like it, it the way that it kind of weaved the narrative from like kind of like it continued like that stuff from like 76 and kind of like threw in like those kind of little bits like flashbacks that the deputy had like i actually really like those and they're done very well like i think they kind of like went with the chronology of like everything very well and kind of like added a little bit more substance to michael and just exactly what happened and how they got him in the first place like what that entailed so yeah it's pretty effective i think and especially just having donald pleasance in the movie they were able to like mix him in with new actors and everything um the way they shot it was i think it worked really well and that's that's honestly with this trilogy one of the things that i miss a lot but obviously you can't do too much about it because donald pleasance died in the 90s Mm -hmm. you know but just even the crappier halloween movies i always liked donald pleasance in them Mm -hmm. uh as dr loomis and just the more the more movies that went on, I just felt like he got more and more deranged. So that was always entertaining. Well, I, um, I just I, in terms of his performance, and but. I love the fact that like when you see Loomis here, like he's just straight up deranged. So it's like, yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I guess in the original, he's like, "We should shoot Michael. We need to shoot Michael. I'm his therapist, <laughs> like a psychiatrist." We need to kill him. Everyone's like, what? No, you can't do that. He's like, no, we need to shoot him You right don't now. understand. Or... I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. tell you guys. I, I'm his therapist. We need to kill him. <laughs> Basically, and like, that's really effective. It's like, no, trust me. And like Sheriff Hackett's the one that like stops him from shooting mm. him. It's just like, so he feels bad about that. He's probably worse and everything. But... Loomis is probably rolling around in his ear like, I fucking told you guys. <laughs> He's evil. I tried. I tried to. Do... But no, you can't talk to. Whatever that was. Crazy old Loomis. <laughs> so I mean, there's that. And then also Laurie and Hawkins like talking to each other. And they kind of have like a s- small romance subplot going on. At least they're very kind to each other. And that kind of develops more in Halloween Ends. And mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels kind of like a subplot that's there because it is like necessary to have like a little kindness going on, I think, or just a little subplot of anything going on, well, but it kind of just is... Especially for Lori, too, because after everything she's gone through, it's like, you gotta give her something. Like, that was like... Right. She's been through the fucking ringer with this guy. Yeah. How about uh, Michael's driving skills? Thoughts? They're what I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought he was just trying to cause maximum collateral damage on his route there. <laughs> I was like... Because that's a long-running thing in the franchise too, and people are always like, "How do, how was he able? Like, how do you know how to drive a car in the original?" And it's like he did just fine last night, apparently. <laughs> so I like that they make him able to drive a car, but it is kind of sucky at it. You know, I feel like if anything else, like this day and age, it'd probably be even worse because now you have like autopilot on cars now, so that's definitely not like a useful. You just like. How did you? Oh, okay. That's how. That's how you got here. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the music keeps changing because he's trying to connect his Bluetooth <laughs> and it's it's to the wrong station. <laughs> his podcast keeps turning on every time he turns on the car. These kids keep talking about this stupid movie. <laughs> just, just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. I can't get it off the. I'm Tyler Evil Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get it off the episode of Osmosis Jones. <laughs> He's just stuck listening to Osmosis Jones and he crashes his car into How do like I a download new episodes of the franchise? <laughs> um, 
How do you feel about Michael without his mask on? Like, did this? I feel like this didn't really happen much until this trilogy. What do you think, Victor? I think it's interesting because it represents kind of like this idea that like there is like some semblance of humanity to Michael in the regard that like he feels like he probably needs the mask to kind of just like feel more of that. Like he probably doesn't need it, but like the fact that he has that retains some semblance of budding an inkling of humanity that might be there um yeah like it it was it's interesting seeing like the the psychology of that and kind of like see how that sort of plays out as well too and the thing is he's still just as intimidating without the mask but when he has the mask on you know things are going to get exponentially worse yeah and i think that's kind of cool that they made that a thing yeah, he's definitely just immediately more inhuman when he has the mask on because it, it looks like a... There's a whole uncanniness of it where it kind of looks like a person, but it's it's all I, like bleached white. I, and... I would I argue he becomes less of even a thing when the mask is taken off. Like, it just seems like there's nothing there. It's just like this husk without it, and then he just... Whatever it takes, he'll get the mask back. So I'm like, to me, he's less alive with the mask off than he is with it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's definitely a lot more dangerous with it on than off. So. Yeah. More single-minded when it's uh, off. Controllable, <laughs> I guess, in that, in that sense. We could capture him. Which I guess in a, in a way, like, this trilogy is kind of set off by those podcasters. <laughs> Once again, at it again. Uh, bringing their, their, his mask to him and showing mm-hmm. him it. And then he breaks out just to get his mask back, yeah. basically. Because um, he didn't have it for 40 years. So... But just, yeah, like he is, you're, yeah, I think I, I like it both ways, like the way you're both saying it, because um, he is like very husk-like without the mask, because it's kind of like the only thing that gives him mm-hmm. purpose, and that purpose is just killing everything for, I don't know. Forever. No reason. Like the whole thing, like I guess in the Rob Zombie movies, they try to like pathologize some of his serial killer instincts and everything. They try to like give him a little bit more humanity by explaining anything. Mm-hmm. But and this trilogy especially does not explore at all him being in, um, what's it called like the, the the like psychiatric care ward or whatever mm-hmm. it is um, for forty years. They really don't talk about that at all. No. Um, but compared to like a lot of real world serial killers, like I guess a lot like to at least discuss what they've done or talk or anything. Like Michael is just like a husk. He doesn't talk ever so it's not that there's even an ego there um it's just about killing i guess i mean like why does he like to look at himself in the mirror like that's something i don't totally understand maybe he's not looking at himself at all maybe he's just staring off into oblivion there's something about haddonfield that it just kind of like he stays there and he has to kind of like remain there um and that's definitely the case like you know especially with like halloween ends it's like well kind of going into that a little bit like where he goes missing and then he just comes back it's like he could have easily kind of just like gone off anywhere else but he stayed in Haddonfield for some reason there's something about that place that like just keeps him there and I think it's kind of interesting in the fact that like it localizes a lot of this the terror and like the chaos that he sort of created through his actions and that to see that affect people on different levels and I think 
in that regard, like, um, especially when you take the context of the third movie, that kind of, like, blows it to an even greater extent as well, too, because you get to see the whole effect kind of, like, almost happen again in a similar way uh, with whatever it was that happened with Michael. So this cyclical sort of, like, or this kind of, like, fact that, like, there's this, like, almost environmental sense or, like, a natural kind of, like, way that this evil kind of, like, exists within Haddonfield, within Michael, like, it's a very interesting dynamic to explore, and one of the things that I think gives these films a lot of their strength. Yeah, it's almost like like the mask gives him power. It's like being in his house also gives him some sort of power mm. because it's like he just kind of returns to this place, and um, maybe <laughs> I, I just watched The Grudge for the first time the other night, like the uh, the American yeah. remake, mm-hmm. and it's just it's all about like the power of a house and like how that contains. Um, anger or evil or uh, a grudge. A grudge. <laughs> uh, and just trying to destroy a house or whatever, like, remove some of that power. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just watched the... Uh, there's a series on Netflix. It's like the... It's like a confession tapes of a serial killer. I forget what it's called oh, exactly. Okay. But yeah. I just watched the Jeffrey Dahmer one with Lily. Um, and she already knows way, way more about all that than I do, but... After everything that happened, like they all the all the uh, people that lived in the apartment complex with him, while well, that's all the killings were happening, they all voted to like have the apartment complex destroyed, you know, in, a, in an attempt to just put it behind them, you know, to not have that lingering over them anymore. So, and that's something, you know, that's in real life. So I just I feel like that is pretty potent, like having a physical space where the villain or whatever gets their power from that like doesn't really make a lot of sense cuz but it is all psychological within their head. I don't know if that makes sense. But especially in horror movies like setting plays and environment plays a great deal of atmosphere and like in terms of, like the story and stuff like that. And I feel like the best horror films capitalize on a lot so Haddonfield very much is its sort of own its own character within like these films in the way that it presents the locals and kind of just like the the value and importance that it has for the characters so i mean especially after everything else that happened like the fact that laurie also remained there for that amount of time the fact that everyone else kind of like stayed there despite everything else there it's almost like there's sort of like a magnetic pull to Haddonfield that keeps everyone grounded there despite everything that has happened to them and what it has done for like the entire community yeah, like doesn't Lori say in the first in, in 2018? She's like, oh, like I, like why didn't you leave Haddonfield at any point? She's like, it's home. I forget where. Did she say that in one of the movies? It sounds familiar. I feel like she might have said that in the first one, or she might have said that in the third one too. Right. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> this is the first time we're recording out of order. We already recorded yeah, ends, true. <laughs> so it's a little like backtracky for us. Got it's it. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like something with someone like Jason Voorhees, who's like the wa- the reason why he's always at Camp Crystal Lake makes like they they make it well and clear in those movies why he's there, mm-hmm. why he's like at the at the camp and everything every time killing uh, teens at the camp. But there's something about the Halloween franchise that always makes it a little bit more mysterious and like just under the surface without giving you like a direct answer. And I feel like anytime they give you direct answers like, oh, like Laurie is Michael's sister or oh, it's actually all supernatural druid magic and everything. It kind of becomes less yeah. powerful that way. So the whole thing with the shape is that he is 
an enigma of evil where you can't like yes i guess there is a person there but was there really ever a person there or was it just like there's no there's no uh like intro scene where it's like an evil spirit takes over his body or anything like mm-hmm. anything like that would be too much for sure yeah you know? the the vagueness of it i think adds to the intrigue and the fact that you know michael is there because that you can probably make like some human connection where like that was his own that was where everything happened but the fact that everyone else in Haddonfield stays there despite that like that's i think adds to another layer that you don't get as much of in the other films because there's something that keeps them drawn there that keeps them all staying there so by the time you finally get to halloween ends the major catharsis is the fact that like they finally feel like maybe they can you know bleed and that's great you know i think that's to have that progression and to have that that also adds to that whole idea of like you know this trauma this grief this terror that they're all living with and the ways that they learn to kind of like find a way out of it and kind of like come to terms with it and in that regard i feel like it does lead to a somewhat satisfying conclusion by the time you get to halloween ends because of that it seems at least for Lori and for her granddaughter that is earned because of it yeah there's the whole hometown kind of feel of it too uh is effective for me as someone who grew up in a suburban town (laughs) which i feel like is a lot of people you know it's like you always know those people that stayed there yeah and i don't know something like this kind of gives me more of an idea of why because there's just like a connection to the people and everything but hey the inverse of that is (laughs) michael myers is there (laughs) (laughs) michael myers is there (laughs) it's like maybe you should move out of town (laughs) but uh (laughs) But yeah, it is like a it is like an urban legend kind of thing, like Michael Myers, up until the point he rematerial rematerializes uh, forty years later. It it feels like something that haunted the local town. That it's like, oh yeah, that was really horrible. But more time goes on, you know, it's really just older people dealing with the trauma and stuff. But now it's come full force again. So now it's uh, it actually was real, and it's a real thing we need to handle. So I don't know if any of that was like super like accomplished like conveyed i don't know if any of that was like conveyed super well in this movie but like i almost wish they explored more about like the small town um environment of it but it's definitely there Mm -hmm. you know but i think this film definitely out of the three of them does establish yeah has had and feel more of a presence and as its own character than the other ones for sure so yeah no, I, I agree. I, I feel like the the town has a big character to itself. I mean, and I like this one so much because, again, I feel like you got, I'm just reading what you guys said for the most part, but it's just uh, the town feels like a character. I like things like this where we kind of get to know everyone around the town and in the situation and how else Michael Myers affected the community was very interesting. And, uh, yeah, just getting that point of view was a... I don't know. It was neat. It was interesting. It's like it's like why I like Halloween three so much. Like it, I think it's a weird, fun thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I it it definitely goes for something completely different, and I think that is something <laughs> I appreciate when films and filmmakers take risks and try to do something a little different to shake stuff up. Like I, I appreciate attempts to do that. You know, there's something about the whole mob mentality stuff in this movie that I remember people complaining about where it's like, oh, it's just kind of like a Trump allegory and everything. But I think it, because, you know, this was made in that time yeah. when Trump was president yeah. and everything. And But I feel like it 
just looking at it now when he's no longer president and i know it's only been a couple years but i feel like it stands on its own of being like a universal thing like mob mentality doesn't just happen in a certain time you know it's kind of an ever going thing that's could always happen it's it's just kind of something that we always need to be aware of Mm -hmm. where people just start freaking out and like everyone just going together to like do something and it trampling people and everything like oh that staircase scene where everyone's just getting stomped on and everything just because everyone's pushing up the stairs there's too many people Mm -hmm. like you know i think that's a little bit more universal than than what that complaint is is that it's just about like the trump presidency whatever (laughs) and it's like insurrection and everything and it's like it's not unfounded that's the other thing too it's like whenever you give into like mob mentality or like stuff like that like it's always motivated by something else that's lingering or something else that kind of like affects you like it doesn't just come from nowhere and I think right. when you see how much this Michael's night out, like, kind of, like, immediately, like, drives these people to do that, like, it kind of, like, really establishes that very well. Like, I get, like, the evil dies tonight bit, like, that was a very easy thing to kind of just, like, laugh about, like, I think when it first came out, and I know a lot of people did, but... <laughs> evil dies not, tonight! Evil di- yeah, like, it's... I get it, but it's, at the same time, it's also, like, you know, it's... There is a little bit of, like, I think some sincerity and a little bit of, like, truth to the regard that, like, you know, mob mentality just kind of, like, comes out of nowhere and, like, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like, it comes, like, from, like, a place that, like, exists and is present within. Like, it's motivated. And I think even, like, uh, in Halloween Kills, like, um, in one of the flashback sequences, uh, it was, like, um, Deputy Hawkins, like, he was having, like, that conversation with the other, like, uh, sheriff who decides to kind of like hide like the fact that like he accidentally like shot his partner you know it's like yeah just because you have good intentions you can still you still make mistakes even with good intentions or something along those lines and that's definitely the case like with what happens with you know this mob mentality sort of thing that happened like all these people are justifiably upset justifiably scared justifiably uncertain if they can trust local law enforcement and then in their fear, in their terror, they get pushed into, like, this sort of, like, frenzy, and that's what results in this. Yeah. They mean well, but by having... That's what I was, like, trying to articulate earlier. It's, like, by having actions that they think are good, they're actually committing bad actions mm-hmm. because they're convinced that who they're after is Michael Myers off of no information whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just... Somebody pointed at them and said... Or, like, their leader or whatever, Tommy Doyle, is just, like that's him or whatever Mm -hmm. so they all went after him Mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah that that good intention can definitely just become evil itself Mm -hmm. just uh i don't know don't step on people on the stairs and break windows what's called the path to hell is laden with good intentions (laughs) Mm -hmm. hey there you go and again there's just that uh, that adds to the whole just again the dichotomy of like the nature of evil and just the way that it's presented in these movies and haddonfield like it's it's another layer to it that kind of just adds a little bit more to it when you kind of like stop to kind of like look at it a bit more. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've been philosophizing a lot about this movie, <laughs> which is great and I love it. But also, what are your guys' three favorite kills in this movie? <laughs> I feel three like we should just kills. go back to base primal <laughs> levels about horror. Because that's why we go like, you know, there is a lot of te- like, text here to like explore in this movie it's like a lot more than than you uh see at first first glance like you said victor but it's also uh, a good slasher i think mm-hmm. so um 
Connery, do you want to go first? Uh, or do you yeah, I, I can think of something. I like I like the whole um, firefighter fight a lot because I just I think he just goes mows them all down. That's the first time I've ever seen Mike like do a whole Batman Arkham style fight. I guess against a group of people. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Mike, Michael's just hitting circle yeah, like, to like just duck d- them dodge, all. dodge, counter. He he likes countering a lot, so that's what he used a lot. Then he yeah. had the axe and went to town, but. The guy with the buzz saw yeah. or the skill saw yes. or whatever, and then he just gets himself saw. So I like that one. Good. The fluorescent light kill will stay with me for a very long time, so I guess that's just in there. Mm. And I, uh, I guess it's a. Uh, oh my god! Oh wait, gosh! There was also the kill where he just literally pops the that one guy's head. Like he's like sticks his fingers so yeah, far into his uh, eyes that it looks like he's yeah. literally going to like pop his head. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, like you don't really see it on screen, but it's when they show up at the at the uh, yeah. house. I was burning down. I guess wait, that's Lori's house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they go back to that scene of the crime. All the cops do, and there's just a uh, one of the firefighters has a flashlight inside of his skull, and it's just like an illuminated like jack o' lantern, and just like that's really really brutal. <laughs> um, another one is like when like outside of michael's house but it's like big john little john like the the kids are pulling a prank on them and like they say there's a, a razor blade in the candy and they're like all freaking out because it is like that like it has nothing to do with michael but that is just like a kind of horrifying thing to be like oh my god how did that happen and everything and then it's just like these shitty kids i thought that was a pretty solid prank if, if, if they <laughs> yeah if they didn't run it if they didn't run to the house to take the candy and they just like took it from the front porch and i was the person they did that to i'd be like that's a very, very good prank, and you can keep the candy. Just don't go into my house. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like kind of horrifying on like a very uh, mundane oh, level, true. where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, how did that happen? I didn't yeah. do that. Like, yeah. and now am I gonna like go to jail because I had a like a kid had a rusty razor? And it's like that classic like urban oh, myth totally. thing that like <laughs> kind of never happened, where it's just like, oh yeah, there's people are drilling holes with candy in candy and like injecting them it's, with things. It's and, a complete. There's razors. Wrong in the place, wrong time scenario stuff, which uh, yeah. carries over quite prevalently to the third movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what about you, Victor? Is there any of that stand out to you? Uh, just the last sequence, just like where all of them are together and they think they got it. They are for dead certain they have Michael and then he just comes back and just annihilates them. Like there, It is just brutal and terrifying and you see it coming you know that he's going to come back and he's going to tear it doesn't make it any less unpleasant to watch just seeing it because it is just brutal no remorse whatsoever man yeah he kind of gets beat up for a little bit but then it doesn't really matter (laughs) he got knocked down but he got up again He's just playing Chumbo Wumba <laughs> every, uh, in his house when the that is the soundtrack he's Lonnie listening comes. to when he does all of this. Obviously, <laughs> Chumbo Wumba. He has a he has a Walkman. He drove the jitterbug. Kissing the night away. Um. Also, the banister kill is really effective. Uh, oh. Lonnie's son. Mm. Yeah. Oh God. That is. He's just constantly slamming him to the ground in the on the banister. Uh. The st- Look at Banister, Michael. Look at the, st- <laughs> the stairs. Oh god, Look the staircase. Not anymore. 
<laughs> Good shit. Well, um, yeah. Do we have any other final thoughts on this movie? I feel like we talked about a lot. Yeah. Very insightful. I'm I'm sur- I'm very surprised we were able to chat so much and have so many nice things to say about this movie. I I, yeah, I feel bad that there wasn't like at least like a devil's advocate sort of thing because like I mean I'm grateful that you know you guys like the movie because yeah. uh, I know like it's not a favorite of everyone else's but I think you know especially like if it's been a while since you've seen it um, definitely revisit it. There's a lot more going on there than I think you can give credit for and it does I think get better the more you kind of kind of like sit through it so yeah yeah i don't think it's like a flawless movie by any means no there's, no. there's plenty of smaller stuff that i'm like yeah it's like especially like the whole laurie subplot it's like oh yeah i do wish there was a place for her to do things or if she just wasn't here at all <laughs> i guess um yeah there's, there's stuff to pick apart for sure but if there is that all the stuff we talked about in this movie to explore for sure it's it's there for you to think about and uh just enjoy a really, really brutal slasher. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention that the older couple, when the uh, husband dies, Michael's just putting more and more knives into his body. Oh, yeah, just right. After he's dead. And that's just like one of the most, like, he's just put, yeah, he's like a knife uh, container. Yeah. He just <laughs> wants to see how it goes. He just wants to see, like, where it sticks. Like, oh, he wants to see. Go right there and goes right there. Yeah, I'm like, is he just doing this? Because it's like the most demented thing I've yeah, seen. Yeah, that's. Uh, he just keep putting more and more knives in. I'm like, oh no! But he's also seeing which knife he likes. Oh, the most. oh! Mm. So he's using him as like a little testing. Oh, that's board, horrible! Yeah. Dang, that is brutal. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if we're to believe that whatever it was that got into Michael was like got into him as a kid, like maybe that's just like the demented child in him, kind of just like playing around with new things that like he's just found basically in this. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I totally like thought it was, it was it was like he'll use everything that's there, and he's just is like going knife, 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 almost like a robot kind of thing. <laughs> it kind of has the feeling for me like in the beginning of two thousand one Space Odyssey when the the ape men first like encounter oh. Monolith and they like kill the first like boar oh. or whatever, and he kind of just like plays with it like yeah. back and forth. Mm-hmm. It feels like that where it's just very animalistic, just like playing with with whatever you killed to like figure out like like lifting up an arm and seeing it's dead and stuff it's like oh yeah there's really not anything in in that person's head <laughs> yeah they're just like a monster That's scary connery final thoughts uh, i like this one better than the first one i really hope i like the next one too maybe i'll like the next one more. <laughs> you could just say <laughs> we should just rank them now because we forgot to rank them we last did. time mm. uh by last time i mean next oh, week days of future but, uh, past franchise <laughs> <laughs> yeah Connery, how would you rank the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy? I'd go two, one, three. Yeah. Halloween kills, Halloween, Halloween yeah. ends. Uh, what about you, Victor? Have you seen the ho- ends yet? I, I've seen I've seen it once. I just saw it yesterday, so I'm still oh, mil- yeah. mulling over a couple of ideas and observations. But I think, yeah, probably for me as well, two, one, three for now. Um. Nice. Um, three is definitely different and there's it doesn't have that same kind of oomph that the other two gave but i feel like there's a lot more there that i appreciate and there's enough differentiation from like so many of the other films that i can appreciate what it the attempts that it tries to do and there is some continuity in terms of again just themes about you know evil evil just the presence of it what it can do to a person is it 
within? Is it something that is created? Like, there's a lot of that going on there too, and I think uh, it give it gives it merit in that regard. That I think uh, it's definitely not something that should be overlooked or tossed too quickly. You know, go back, revisit it a couple of times, think about it a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say for me it's two, three, one because for the same reasons basically it's like three i don't really have like huge love for i only saw it once but uh it does it is trying to do something different for sure with the franchise and halloween 2018 feels like a good starting point for this trilogy but also doesn't do quite enough for me to stand out a huge amount like it's just kind of like oh yeah this this is very much like the first halloween but you just can't beat that so (laughs) yeah it's not different enough i guess Mm -hmm. But these other two are different enough, but still in the same vein, like where it's not going totally out out there um, with Druid magic. <laughs> Go on out there <laughs> with your Druid magic. Well, just like Edward Cullen, Michael Myers is also an apex predator. <laughs> and 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 the kid from uh, that found footage superhero movie. What's it called? Chronicle. Chronicle. <laughs> Do you think they'd all be friends? <laughs> yeah. Godzilla's an apex predator. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, those are our final thoughts on Halloween Kills. Uh, Victor Guzman, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be back. Uh, yeah, I think it was a really good discussion. It was. Uh, do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, no real plugs, except um, support your local libraries. Uh, get a lot of cool stuff with them when you can. And, uh, you know watch more horror movies and remember you know even if it's not your cup of tea you know there's other things that you can watch there's other things that you can enjoy let people enjoy things that they like you know guys (laughs) life is short don't be an elitist snob about things that give people some level of satisfaction to get through the day you know that's my hobby yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's why i have a podcast (laughs) um no, like, even if there's a movie you don't like, there's plenty of stuff to still talk about the movie. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I had a really good discussion with uh, past and pending guest Leo Martinez about, I went to go see Barbarian with him and Lily, and I, I wasn't, like, super big on that movie, but the way he talked about that movie, like, made me respect it more, at least, mm-hmm. even if I didn't love it. Um, so, yeah, you know, not everything's black and white, good or evil, except for Michael Except Myers. for Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Connor, what do you have uh, to If you enjoy the sound of my voice, you'll also enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You'll probably enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual play role-playing game podcast hosted by myself and four other friends. You can check us out on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts app. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me on Instagram at Twitter and Twitter at Tiami Vice. Uh, follow us at FranchisePod and all social medias. Like, share, subscribe. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help us grow the show. Uh, thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork and Nick Viverka for our music. And until next time, Evil Evil Dies Tonight! (laughs) That was close enough. Yeah, that worked. (laughs) Yeah. Bye, bye, bye.